This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Mike Adelberg, who's the Executive Director of National Association of Dental Plans. Mike, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thank you, Laura. It's a pleasure to have the opportunity to speak with you and your uh, readers. You know, I'm really excited for our conversation because uh, there are big things happening in the dental space today. And certainly it's just so important to have, you know, the health plan and coverage and those kinds of things. Um, So I'm excited to learn more about what you're seeing from your vantage point. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So uh, I've been in and around uh, healthcare and managed healthcare for, for about 30 years. That includes uh, 15 years in uh, the federal government, the, the Department of Health and Human Services, where I held uh, senior positions in the Medicare program and then uh, senior positions uh, rolling out the Affordable Care Act. Uh, it was in that position that I had responsibility for the regulations for essential health benefits, including pediatric dental, as the 10th uh, EHB, and also for establishing standalone dental plans on the Affordable Care Act uh, health insurance exchanges. So that's when I began uh, working with dental plans and working with the dental industry and considering oral health issues. Uh, Before joining NADP a year ago, I spent eight years in a uh, boutique consultancy on K Street in Washington, D.C., focusing on health policy and had the uh, opportunity to work on a number of oral health issues in uh, that position as well. And I've been at NADP for one year now. Oh, wow. That's amazing to hear. And definitely, you know, seems like you've gotten such great experience throughout your career in leading you into your role today with the NADP. Um, From your perspective, what are some of the biggest issues that you're following right now in dental? Yeah, uh, so for NADP at least, our number one issue right now is medical loss ratio and whether it should be applied to dental plans and if so, how. And uh, there is a law that probably uh, many of your readers are familiar with that goes into effect on January 1st in Massachusetts that would apply a medical level medical loss ratio to dental plans in that state. And already a number of carriers uh, in that state have indicated that they have to leave at least uh, one or more of the markets, insurance markets in the state of Massachusetts because the law is uh, unworkable. And and the fundamental problem with that is that a a medical and a dental plan uh, have the same administrative costs or very similar administrative costs, but a medical plan ballpark gets about 20 times as much incoming income. So it can just naturally achieve a higher loss ratio than a dental plan can achieve, or for that matter, any other low premium product uh, can achieve. Uh, There are a number of other states that have gone a different route on loss ratio, uh, such as Maine, Colorado, Arizona, others, 
um, where it's essentially a reporting and an outlier remediation process. And NADP is okay with that um, if, if that's uh, how states need to go. Um, but there are a bunch of other issues that interest us a great deal. Uh, we are all about expanding uh, act oral health access in this country. Uh, so whether that be uh, more Medicaid programs, adding adult dental benefits, uh, whether that be uh, states choosing to add an adult dental essential health benefit uh, to their uh, benchmark plan in the uh, ACA markets uh, as a proposed regulation would allow, or whether it be the establishment of a Medicare uh, dental benefit, all of those issues are really important to the nation's oral health, and they're really important to NADP. Absolutely. That's fascinating and really great work that, you know, you're doing in order to bring more of these essential benefits to play and really getting them integrated into more health plans. From your perspective, is there much energy around that, especially for as you were talking through, you know, some of the ACA plans and, and other um, government funded plans? Is there energy around being able to do that or, or what are the sticking points in, um, you know, trying to get more um, of the plans to offer the dental essential health benefits? Yeah, so uh, it, at least with regard to essential health benefits, um, it, it's important to note that the original CMS regulation at the start of the uh, implementation of the ACA actually forbid adult dental as an essential health benefit um, in the states. And uh, the most recent uh, Biden administration regulation, if it's finalized as proposed, would eliminate that prohibition, and then states would have the opportunity to uh, establish uh, an adult dental uh, EHB, and then the ACA uh, plans in the individual and small group markets would have to uh, offer an adult dental, or in one way or another, uh, there would have to be a partnership with the state uh, so that the state is providing adult dental uh, through standalone plans uh, or, or some other mechanism. Um, this is only a proposed regulation, can't guarantee how it's going to turn out, but um, I do consider it a, an exciting development, certainly something that uh, if it's done wisely will uh, help Americans uh, get coverage and Amer we all know uh, uh, that Americans who have dental coverage go to the dentist more, and Americans who go to the dentist more have better oral health. And let's just complete the circle and say Americans who have better oral health have better overall health, and that's what we should all be about. Agreed. That we put it very well. Now, Mike, when you look into the future, what are you most excited about, and what makes you nervous? Yeah. So, in terms of being excited. Um, and I, I guess I, I set this up a little bit in my prior uh, response, but there is a stronger and stronger realization in this country uh, among, uh, among policymakers, among business leaders, et cetera, that uh, oral health impacts overall health. And uh, I just use as, as one example, there was a, a study published in the ADA's journal uh, earlier this year that uh, demonstrated that for people with diabetes, when they receive appropriate perio care, they their overall healthcare costs go down 11 to 14 percent. 
So that realization, I think, is extremely exciting. And, you know, all of us in dental at one point or another have said we have to put the mouth back into the body. But what does that really mean? Well, the, the, the growing body of scholarship that demonstrates that when a person has good oral health, uh, their overall health is likely to improve. And then for, for certain chronic diseases, that much more so. That's extremely exciting because that opens up the opportunity for all kinds of payment reforms and, and funding uh, opportunities. And that's very exciting to me. Uh, the other thing that's very exciting to me, and, and I, I think it's also a focus of uh, your publication, is the growth of DSOs. Historically, uh, the dental profession has largely been small and solo practitioners. And with the advent of DSOs, there is now scale and sophistication and administrative efficiencies that really allow for uh, increasingly cost-effective uh, oral health to be provided. And I know my members are very excited uh, to work with DSOs. I'm very excited to work with DSOs. And I think their growth is a positive development. And that's amazing to hear. And definitely, um, you know, having that kind of economies of scale with some of the DSOs, you know, hopefully can push this forward. I think the message that you were talking about on the stronger oral health care means better overall health care. It, it seems like, like you mentioned, is gaining momentum even within the broader organizations and large organizations with some of their partnerships and just really, um, you know, having that as the core of what they're driving forward. Um, so that is certainly exciting to see. Yeah, uh, very much agree. And uh, I know my members, uh, the carriers, uh, are, are excited about the partnerships they have with DSOs. Uh, I know uh, I have individual companies that have various pilots going with, with particular DSOs. Uh, they, they really can become the, the engine of innovation. Absolutely. So kind of on the flip side of that, is there anything that you see as potential roadblocks or, or that you're preparing for um, that could be a roadblock to success in the next couple of years or so? Well, I, I guess I'd make a general observation, which is that positive revolutions really do occur in healthcare, And of course, in oral health care is health care. They really do occur, but they're always very bumpy and they take a long time. And I remember being part of uh, the discussion that led up to the Affordable Care Act sort of circa 2010. Uh, just as an example, over on the medical side of things, there was all of this exuberance about accountable care organizations and how they were going to completely reform uh, hospitals and the way hospitals uh, get paid and the way hospitals uh, manage bed days, bed census, et cetera. And we are now you know, 13 years later, and ACOs have made a dent, and ACOs have had some positive impact. Uh, but it's hard that revolution, if it is, is in fact a revolution, it's still a very unfinished revolution. And, and things just take a long time uh, for a variety of good reasons in, in the healthcare field. And so uh, that what makes me nervous is that I think the the reformers and the people who get really excited are sometimes not sufficiently tempered by how much inertia there is in our large and clunky multi-stakeholder system. And reform
reforms just take time, improvements take time. And then more narrowly, the, the other thing that makes me nervous, and I imagine it makes your readers nervous too, is we have a, a provider shortage in, in large parts of this country. And if we don't have uh, enough dentists, if we don't have enough hygienists, et, et cetera, we're in big trouble, especially as we seek to expand uh, access and get people uh, attending all of the, the dental office visits that we think they need to attend. Got it. Yeah, I, I think that's such a great point and certainly helpful to know and understand um, from your perspective. Now, you know, given everything we've talked about, obviously some great opportunities, exciting things happening, as well as challenges ahead. What do you think it will take for healthcare effective to have healthcare um, leaders be effective over the next few years or so? Yeah, that's a that's a big question. There are a lot of ways uh, to take that, um, but I, I'll offer that all of us. Uh, first of all, need need to keep an open mind, and when someone presents us with something that's interesting but doesn't ring 100% true to us the first time we hear it, uh, we should smile, refrain, uh, restrain ourselves from a negative response, and think about it a little bit, and maybe follow up quietly two days later. Uh, rather than shooting something down in a public way that's then going to close off open-minded dialogue. Uh, so let's all keep an open mind about things. More narrowly, uh, everyone t is talking about AI. It's, it's scary. It uh, has, has a lot of potential to be uh, mischievous, uh, but it also has tremendous potential upsides in terms of making improving uh, the consistency and quality of care and improving our administrative processes. So uh, that's, we should be open-minded to uh, how this technology develops. We should be open-minded to payment reforms. We should be open-minded to the development of transparency and quality measures. Frankly, if the, the plans and the providers don't figure out how to make some progress in some of these areas, by ourselves, at some point, the government's going to assist us in moving in some of these directions. So uh, those are areas where we should be thoughtful. We should do things in a incremental manner, uh, but we should keep our minds open and recognize that there may at some point be some external pressures on us. I, I haven't talked yet about uh, some of the, the, the clinical uh, and scientific opportunities also. But things like uh, saliva samples and all of the things that a dentist office can deliver to overall health by uh, saliva sampling, and then uh, tissue regeneration and its possibility to improve what now might be a root canal or a crown opportunity and the, oppor uh, the potential, you know, in, in the relatively near future to regenerate tissue instead. Um, all of that is just extremely exciting because it has the opportunity, uh, first of all, to make people healthier, and second, uh, potentially uh, make our overall healthcare system that much more efficient because when we fix up people's mouths, uh, we will improve their overall health. That's great to hear. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I, I thank you and your colleagues at uh, Becker's for the great work. I, I'm, a, I'm a regular reader. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.